Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker Podcast. This is um, season number four already, episode 321. You know, every day in America and throughout the world, we have homicides at a staggering rate. Um, You know, my first question started, I actually had wondered if the rate was just increased because back in the earlier part of the century and even before that, um, we didn't have as much uh, media attention or draw to homicides. Um, and I'm sure as we go through this today, this podcast today, we have to keep in mind that the number of crimes and homicides and uh, unexplained disappearances, although we have somewhat of a generalized number, uh, I'm sure there are a significant amount of uh, homicides and murders that aren't even uh, aren't even uh, included in the the, uh, the the annual statistics because simply uh, nobody knows a person is deceased, nobody knows a person disappeared. Um, and it's interesting because I actually um, was going through an article um, that I think was uh, well, actually I, I was looking at it, I didn't actually see uh, any real information pertaining to exactly who wrote the article but it was kind of an interesting article it was uh, entitled The uh, Unsettling Amount of Unsolved Murder Since the 1960s. Uh, And it's an interesting question. Uh, You know, and this is going to have a lot of different uh, implications, but it basically states, it's by Alice Bennett, and it was written in, uh, on October uh, 13 to 2022, so this is a recent an article. Uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, what publication it's out of, but it says American police are getting worse at solving crimes, and a list of cold case files is steadily uh, mounting according to uh, CBS News. Uh, 2020 was a particularly bad year for unsolved murders, with only around half of all the cases being cleared that year. Well, <clears throat> what what does affect the number of cases solved? Um, it would be very simplistic if we just said if there was a hundred um, if there was a hundred homicides that by the end of the year we would total the number of homicides that were actually solved within that year and we would come up with our uh, annual statistics. However, in general, <clears throat> homicides themselves, um, unless you're basing basing something on speeding information or a suspect being caught on scene, the average uh, investigation time for a homicide is over a year. Um, and that's for several reasons. Uh, one, um, after a homicide, obviously the suspect or suspects are going to attempt to flee. 
uh, tracking them down, especially if they're not known, um, just makes it harder. Uh, with today's court system, uh, requiring much more uh, probable cause uh, to put a person behind bars uh, is also I understand the <clears throat> I understand the theory behind it however the theory behind it is actually um, really just aiding um, aiding the defense the defense attorneys uh, to provide more information, appeals, all of this, which actually um, really has a staggering effect against the amount of cases that are solved. Um, <clears throat> in 2020 ourselves, we saw a dramatic spike in homicides. A huge number of spikes were in uh, 2021. Uh, these figures, but these figures included uh, the Twin Towers. Um, it was. Uh, nowhere near the highest rate which was 2022 uh, <clears throat> which actually is kind of scary uh, the, the homicide rate was eight person per hundred thousand people so that's that's a large number uh, why why is this well I'm gonna be quite honest with you you, you all know I've been in law enforcement for a long time um, a lot of people like the broadcast because I'm I, not that I'm rogue, <clears throat> but I'm more truthful, uh, more straightforward than most people. Uh, when it, you know, I don't worry about political correctness because you know I think that's all bullshit. Um, people want answers, so give them answers. Don't bullshit them. Um, <clears throat> you know, you have to look at the way uh, the scales are are balanced here. Now, prior to probably 1984, let's put a little farther ahead, probably 1988, 89, uh, we did not have uh, the ability to um, recover forensic uh, evidence, uh, let alone um, examine it. Uh, so. <clears throat> Prior to that, that was that was a that was also a big issue. Um, but you're going to say, well, okay, well, since we have have the ability to do this now, why can't we? Um, why aren't we making more arrests? Well, we're making more arrests. It's not the arrests that are the the issue. It's the conviction rate that's the issue. Uh, <clears throat> then again, it falls back onto the burden of the court, who just. Um, you know their basic thing is they're always claiming there's too many you know too many people in prison um you know this one's being discriminated against that one's being discriminated against um then in new york you have this uh you know they're, they're like releasing everybody serial killers uh axe murderers whoever because new york is that and uh chicago are just dysfunctional that way um and obviously these people go back out into the street and let me tell you what they don't learn much in prison they learn how to do it better but they don't they don't they're not they're no more socially adapted to live outside of prison now than they were when they went in so that's that's the case um, 
Now here's another interesting comment. Back in the 1960s, according to the Atlantic, the clearance rate of homicide uh, set at a very healthy 90% rate. I don't think it ever set at a 90% rate. Plus the Atlantic, you got to remember, <clears throat> the Atlantic was the one that did the uh, the uh, uh, Roy Jules case where <clears throat> the FBI attempted to convict a uh, an innocent man of the uh, uh, the bombings, um, the Atlantic the Atlantic bombings, uh, and um, they knew the guy didn't do it. Uh, they, one of their journalists, uh, provided really, uh, I want to say, fake information, and uh, Jules almost went to prison for it. Uh, after they only, probably, I want to say about 90 days, he went through this, and then they decided, oh well, maybe we have the wrong person. Um, when the actual suspect was caught, so I don't I don't put much faith in the Atlantic. Uh, I still don't. Like I said, the the average rate of homicides they they said were solved in the 60s was a healthy rate of 90 percent. I don't believe that was ever true. Um, <clears throat> that's just way too high of a rate. Um, let me see. That the the 80s, the Clarence cases already began to drop. Um, well, is it that they actually began to drop, or did the number increase with the with the same amount being found, which was lower to statistical va value? So <clears throat> now there's another side of the scale. You know, you have more crimes if you're going on a an 80 percent, you know, a 60 to uh, 68 to 75 percent ratio of them being solved. The more crimes, <clears throat> the it's going to appear by those numbers less crimes solved because you have more crimes. Um, it's all a number game here, folks. Uh, um, when you ask the general police officer, you know what what uh, what impacts these. They have a uh, they pointed out large caseloads. They still have uh, have to solve as well as uh, increased uh, mistrust of the police nationwide. Uh, this is this I, I kind of believe because you know. <clears throat> Especially here in Connecticut. I mean, Connecticut, we have no balls here. These politicians here are just useless. You know, they all just fire all, and we'd probably be better off as a uh, um, a free constitution state. Um, but they started putting all these, uh, you know, the uh, Accountability Act, Indemnity Acts, uh, which, quite honestly, folks, um, the the politicians lie to you. Um, we have in in the world we we work in called an internal affairs office. An internal affairs office. People don't realize what internal affairs actually is. Internal affairs is made up of <coughs> a division, which is just responsible for discipline, um, based on uh, policies uh, and procedures of that particular department. When uh, something criminal is discovered, then it is turned over to the uh, detective bureaus who investigates the crime, hence writes the warrants where the arrests come from. So when somebody says, oh, well, Internal Affairs didn't do anything about it, well, Internal Affairs isn't a, um, a unit that arrests people. It doesn't write warrants. It just, um, it just uh, basically is responsible for violation of the department policies. 
so you have to understand that it's 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 not as um, <clears throat> simple as it sounds and <clears throat> listen with body cameras um, with all this other stuff if something happened and a police officer uh, doesn't act, act rationally um, yes it will initially go to the Internal Affairs Department but then it's turned over to the uh, Detective Bureau which hence if any any anything happens as far as an arrest or anything it's going to come through their office um, and I'm, I'm going to this is this is where the people don't understand um, where they actually kind of screwed themselves when they voted for politicians that wanted this type of legislation um, if every time a police officer has to worry about interacting with the public he's not going to want to interact with the public therefore um, your crime um, depending on the nature depending on the possibility of the officer being sued for this that or the other thing quite honestly folks they're not going to really look too deep into it you know um, because hey listen nobody wants to worry about you know getting having to worry about getting sued because now the government says you could sue everybody that you want so they're not going to they're not going to investigate it as, as thorough as anywhere else they're, they're going to be on a threshold of where am I safe okay but the real fact is if there weren't indemnity laws yeah they would probably push it a little farther but at the same time if they were involved in some the police were involved in um, some type of misconduct you could still report it to internal affairs so it's a very false perception that the politicians and certain uh, groups um, and I'm going to be quite frank with you it's all racially motivated you know this one gets picked on more than that one blah 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 but the the, the lack of um, understanding is that in certain areas large inner cities okay there are going to be more minorities and there are going to be Caucasians so the the arrest rate in an inner city is going to be more um, you know minority orientated it's not it's not anybody's picking on anybody it's just that the crime base of a specific population where it's the highest is going to have the highest amount of um, <clears throat> suspects being placed under arrest you know um, and it wor works the same way in a Caucasian neighborhood where where there's more Caucasian than there are minorities more uh, Caucasians are going to be arrested than minorities it's it's just a, it's just numbers unfortunately <clears throat> people lie about numbers why because it benefits somebody um, I don't lie to anybody um, so you know that's but that's the way I am um, <clears throat> you know uh, and here here again and I see the um, the Atlantic made that statement in the uh, you know prior to this that the um, that the crime rate was higher 90% in the 60 this solvability rate was higher 60% um, then here 
uh, again from the Atlantic, uh, an interview with the Atlantic analyst, uh, Jeff Asher noted that the 60s and 70s, the police department were held uh, for less accountability, which is not true, which is not true because um, solving a homicide has nothing to do with accountability, it has to do with solving a crime. Uh, again, you have to remember that there was a lack of, uh, uh, not only a lack, but uh, uh, cops weren't uh, taught about uh, forensic evidence. They they didn't have the technology we do today. So, you know, again, here, here are the Atlantic. I, I just call them like the garbage paper. Um, you know, they're taking facts that aren't thoroughly uh, explained to people, and they just throw them out there uh, hoping to... Uh, hoping to get a bite somewhere. You know, and of course, you know, uh, it's nowadays the standard of evidence needed to make a case uh, is simply higher than, uh, a lot higher now than it was even back in 2000 and, uh, uh, 2009. You know, and I, I want to say it, that's good. But in some of the cases where you you know you you're just putting the, the nail in the coffin, and the um, the courts just want so much more that you know it's almost impossible. So they 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 also are uh, the courts are all, the courts are responsible for putting a lot of the people that shouldn't be on the street back on the street. Um, they're also responsible for. Uh, warrants that aren't served because they're looking for just too much too much information um, and uh, you, you know a lot of a lot of killers get a loose bit for that um, <clears throat> there's also an indication here that uh, murders by guns are harder to solve than uh, than those involving stabbing blunt blunt force trauma so on and so forth which is which I, I get the point there because you know what you're dealing with is uh, a single bullet. Um, yes, there ballistics you can get off, but when are you going to retrieve that? Retrieve that bullet. The bullet goes through somebody, depending on what the geographical location is. If it's out in an open field, open area, like the rural communities, um, that thing's going. You're never going to find it. Um, a lot of weapons nowadays are stolen. Um, weapons that weren't used in some type of crime. Um, <clears throat> ballistically, how are you going to match it? Now, what a lot of the firearm companies are doing today, especially the ones that are making firearms, <clears throat> is they are actually, each gun has a ballistic sample, um, which hopefully they're all adding these ballistical samples into the uh, NCIC um, system so that when a bullet is fired and <clears throat> the the car you know the bullet is recovered the ballisticals ballistics have a higher uh, probability of uh, being um, you know being it's easier to find out because there's going to be a match um, <clears throat> right now I believe that um, uh, murder cases that remain unsolved from 1980s to probably up to about 2020 about 185 thousand. Which is a quite a quite a lot to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, it just uh, it's it's a staggering amount. But and and then again, these numbers I would believe would be statistically probably lower because there are a lot of 
dead bodies that we simply haven't found, a lot of unidentified bodies we haven't found. Uh, so I would say that um, in reality the number is probably quite a lot higher than what, what uh, and th these numbers come from uh, Project Coal Case. So, and you see here again, this is where, this is where my, uh, <laughs> my, my, my opinion on certain things uh, offend a lot of people. But I believe when you're born, that, um, you know, they, they do do your fingerprints and they do do your footprints, but they also should take a DNA sample. Quite simply. You know, oh, it's a violation of this, a violation of that. Listen, listen. Unless you cause a crime, or are planning on causing a crime when you're born, it shouldn't matter. <clears throat> but, think about it. If we started taking DNA samples from people as they, as they uh, were born, I would say by in about 20 years you would start noticing a notable increase in um, arrests for homicides and every other crime as a matter of fact because <clears throat> you would have an automatic uh, you would have a higher probability of a DNA sample matching right and eventually it would become to the point where if everybody was DNA'd uh, at birth within within 30 years, 40 years, there would be no crime that would be unsolved, really, because if you had fingerprints, contact DNA, it would automatically, um, it would automatically go back, some, come back to somebody. Um, <clears throat> you know, you know, uh, between the 1970s and the 2000s, uh, especially in the U.S., it had been uh, dubbed the uh, golden age of serial killers. Um, you know, uh, these, this included, you know, people like the Zodiac Killer, uh, the Babysitter Killer case, you know, just cases like this. Um, <clears throat> but again, you know, here, here we're dealing with some type of, uh, article, and I'm going to be quite honest with you, um, in a lot of cases, especially like this case, um, where they, they make a, a claim that uh, it's the golden age, uh, serial killers have been around forever. So is it really the golden age, or, or are we just or is our media just putting more information out about it? You know, there, there again, you know, here we go. Um, and to, just to kind of re, uh, regress a little bit, yes, it's harder to solve the, uh, you know, a, sh a shooting where, where a victim shot <clears throat> compared to where someone's bludgeoned or uh, stabbed because of just because of contact DNA, trace DNA, blood DNA, uh, contaminated crime scenes, all of this. Yes, it, those crimes are easier to solve. Um, but then again, you know, this is all based on uh, different type of statistics. Um, and there we go. Um, you know, it has here the clearance. The clearance rate of uh, homicides is low right now. Well, I don't think it's low. 
I just think that because of the way call, today's society is where they think they can do whatever the fuck they want, that there are more homicides because they know they're going to get a slap on the wrist. But who do we blame? Well, we have to blame the, uh, the judicial branch for that because they're the ones that are always letting people go. You know? And you know why the death penalty doesn't work? is because we don't use it. So, um, you know, do I think it's a lower rate of uh, homicide rates being um, cleared? No, I think with the technology, we probably just, we probably solve more crimes. The fact is there was just more homicides to make it look like we're not solving as many. I mean, you know, it's it's six of one and a half a dozen the other. The glass is half filled or it's half empty, one, one of the, you know, uh, the way you look at it. Um, you know, it's interesting to say, but, you know, if you go state by state by state, uh, the, the, the safest state to live in, for example, is Maine. The state of Maine has the highest uh, homicide clearance rate in the United States uh, between 2011 and 2020, which is... 2020, nine, what do we got? Nine years? Nine years. Uh, <clears throat> the clearing rate is 86.4% uh, of murders in one year alone. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, them, the, them hillbillies do a good job at solving crimes and making moonshine. But, you know, uh, you know, so like I said, I mean, everything is everything is based on statistical numbers here um, it is scary when um, when you think about how many murders are, go unsolved um, and a lot of things people don't realize too is that you know you have to take into consideration these people that are involved in Mass murders, anyway. Well, well. Let's, uh, here's another thing. Let's go over mass, ma serial killers, and uh, and mass mass murders. Two different two different animals. A mass murder is something that hand that happens. You know, it's it's a one it's a one shot. That's a bad that's a bad description to use. But it's a, <clears throat> it's a one time occurrence uh, where multiple people are killed, which is different than a serial killer where Multiple people are killed, but it's over an expand. It's over an expanded time time frame. So, you know, two two different things. So when you're talking about one, you can't be talking about the other. It either is or isn't. Uh, it's either a serial killer or it's a mass murderer. Uh, but neither never the twain shall meet in that one. Um, so, and then you have to look at the people that are involved in, uh, you know, these. Um, serial killer you know serial killers I mean most of these people traditionally have been you know victims of uh, <clears throat> some type of abuse as young kids they suffer from uh, you know all type of mental health disorders and um, you know I guess I guess if you want to s slow the crime rate down and <clears throat> we have to do we have to just get more people um, any more psychologists out there, you know, uh, stopping the ball from rolling. You know, that's what you have to do. But the problem is the, uh, especially in the United States, we are, even in the school system, it's, it's, 
it's atrocious. They're getting rid of psychologists, social workers, uh, the, med the medical benefits for people that uh, rely on uh, medication to, to, uh, to control mental health issues. It's not available. Uh, but yet we're giving everybody that comes over the border free Medicaid, medical benefits and all that bullshit. But the uh, U.S. citizens that have uh, psychological issues and problems like that where they got to struggle for insurance. I, I don't understand it. And here, here again, I, I reflect back on the culture. Our culture. I mean, you know, what the hell? This is why we are having issues like we're having. Because we, uh, we have no way of... Um, You know, we have no way of handling the, the living when they have problems and, you know, and they become, you know, killers and murderers and all, all type of things like that. Then we wonder why. Um, but on that, you know, uh, it is kind of scary if, you, if really, if you were a person like me who go over the homicide records and homicide rates and all this kind of stuff, you would tr truly... Um, You'd be scared, and you should be scared. Um, the police do everything they can. Uh, you know, there was some inference here to, well, you know, the, the, the cops only uh, you know, are more interested in solving crime if a white person is killed. Totally bullshit, um, because you have to realize statistically, and let's go by numbers again, more minority gang members are shot and killed on a daily basis than Caucasians. The majority of the arrests for murders are <clears throat> minorities. Because you see here, and see people have to realize you cannot bring race into statistical values or numerical values because if, if the higher amount of individuals are killed for, for gang violence and they happen to be more minority driven than uh, Caucasian driven well of course your 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 crime your your suspects that you catch are going to be minorities so you can't you know you can't throw a brick on one side of the scale and say well this is the cause because n numerically you know it doesn't work that way you know you can have a thousand marbles on one side of the scale and throw a 25 pound weight on there and what's going to happen even though there's more murders on one side the weight's going to take the scale down because it's heavier okay which and the heavy part of the scale is the media to be quite honest with you but with with this being the fact um all i could tell you is that Always be, be aware and be careful of your surroundings. Um, if you see something that's unusual or you feel uncomfortable, react. Don't sit down, oh, should I, shouldn't I, should I? React. Get out. Leave. Call the police. Whatever you have to do. Don't wait for something to escalate to a point where you may be the victim. Don't put yourself in that situation. If you're walking down the street and you see something bad in front of you, don't walk past it. You know? Divert. 
other side of the street. Uh, have 911 ready in case, you know. Don't let your fear stop, me, stop you from reacting the way you need to react. Um, you know, simple. You see some idiot flying down the road at 100 miles an hour in your rear view mirror, get out of his way. Don't let him hit the back of your car. Simple. You see a group of people that don't look like they're church going, standing on a corner, and you feel uncomfortable about walking by, don't walk by. If somebody's a creeper and they're getting you nervous, 911. So, but with that in mind, yes, the homicide, uh, I, I don't believe the numbers here are really statistically correct. I, I believe there's a considerable amount more that are caught. Uh, the number of <clears throat> the annual average of homicides, murders, and disappearances are probably very inaccurate because there's a lot of people that we don't know were murdered because we never found the body and we don't know they disappeared because nobody ever reported them disappeared. So the numbers here are, um, you know, so so what, I, what I'm saying in a situation like that is, um, you know, numbers aren't always correct. But there is a high, 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 high rate of cases that aren't solved. There's high, high rate of murderers that are still out there, serial killers that are still out there, people that are dead, dead, unidentified, disappeared, unexplained. They're all out there, and the number is rather high. We have probably over 200,000 unidentified bodies uh, in the United States. Um, you know, if you know anything about anything uh, that deals with a, a homicide. Uh, an abduction, a disappearance, whatever it might be, uh, contact the police department, make it known, tell them what you know, and don't be ashamed of it. Because like I tell people, if you know things about a disappearance, a homicide, an abduction, and you don't say anything, you are just as guilty as the person that committed the crime. And you are responsible for an individual possibly being killed because of your um, your fear of uh, notifying authorities. And believe me, you can notify the authorities, whether it's anonymously or whatever. The killers aren't going to come back looking for you because they're more, their asses are more worried about getting the hell out of where they've just been. But with that being <clears throat> with that being said, I am Michael C. Wishard, host of the Night Stalker Podcast. This is episode this is episode 321 already, and we are in season four. Until the next time, I will see you later.